The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the new breed tech platform used by 15,000 recruiters worldwide. Vincere is the secret weapon for progressive recruitment firms. It provides recruiters with everything they need to scale from CRM slash ATS through to online timesheets, websites and analytics. A true all-in-one growth platform built by recruiters for recruiters. Learn more about Vinny's story on my exclusive interview with their founder on episode 43 of this podcast. If you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to accelerate growth, visit vincere.io slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. Welcome to another episode of Talent Talk Asia. I'm your host, Andrea Ross, and in this three-part series, we are following Kirsty Poltock in her first 90 days as Managing Director of JAC Recruitment Singapore. Kirsty is the former director at Page Personnel, and if you haven't checked out her podcast with us on episode 32, then we suggest you head there first and come back to us. Now, Kirsty graduated from the University of Warwick with a Bachelor of Science in Biochemistry and a Master's in Biomedical Engineering in 2005 and joined Page Personnel Finance in 2005 in Coventry, England, where she progressed from Associate Consultant through to Manager to Senior Manager, Regional Manager to Operating Director before making the bold move to Singapore where she headed up the entire page personnel, covering commercial functions including finance, accounting, sales and marketing, technology, secretarial, HR, contracting and financial services, managing up to 40 fee earners. Now, in May 2021, Kirsty joined JAC Recruitment to run their Singapore operations. Hear what her 30 days have shaped up and her plans for the future. This is an exciting three-part series, which we're delighted to share with you. And this is what is in store for you today. Yeah, I know. It was quite a shock, I think, to most of the market that I sort of moved on from Paige because I'd been there almost 16 years. And I'd had a brilliant time with Paige. Um, I'd started there as an associate consultant, worked my way up to director, been uh, in the UK, been in, in Singapore, grown our operations, but I'd sort of felt for the last few years that I hadn't really been learning or growing or really stretching my skill set. Things were going well. It was a kind of well-oiled machine, but I just felt there was more that I could give and more that I could learn. And I kept asking for opportunities to potentially stretch myself. And I think ultimately that wasn't available um, at that time. So I felt, well, I need to look out and see what I can do. Um, I'm the right side of 40 currently, and I'm sort of thinking I've still got lots of energy to keep going and, and pushing myself. So I sort of said to my husband, whilst I've still got the energy, I'd like to push myself into a new challenge. So that's kind of how JAC sort of came about. Enjoy the show. Kirsty, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you, Andrea? Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to have you back on the show again. Round I'm two. I'm excited to be back. This is so exciting. Now, to all the listeners out there, um, 
as you probably all know, I spend quite a bit of time coaching executives that are transitioning from one job to the next. And those kind of 30, those first 90 days and the actions that are taken during those first few months in a new role kind of largely determine whether they'll they'll sort of succeed or fail. And I really want to do something a little bit different this time um, on the podcast. And so with Kirsty joining a new organisation, I really wanted to, I wanted to follow her in those first 90 days. And so what you're going to see on Talent Talk Asia over the next three episodes are going to be us basically following Kirsty and her role at JAC Recruitment as MD. So I think this is really exciting, completely groundbreaking for Talent Talk Asia. And so we are just going to literally kick off. Let's do it. Perfect. So when we when I interviewed you back in 2020, gosh, that seems like a long time and I was sitting in that, we won't mention the name. <laughs> No, we will. When you're a director of page personnel, (laughs) it's in the intro anyway. Um, Let's fast forward to May 2021. And you're now the managing director of JAC Recruitment Singapore. So talk me through what sort of motivated you to move out and move to JAC? Yeah, I know it was quite a shock, I think, to most of the market that I sort of moved on from Paige because I'd been there almost 16 years. Wow. And I'd had a brilliant time with Paige. Um, I'd started there as an associate consultant, worked my way up to director, been uh, in the UK, been in, in Singapore, grown our operations. But I'd sort of felt for the last few years that I hadn't really been learning or growing or really stretching my skill set. Things were going well. It was a kind of well-oiled machine. But I just felt there was more that I could give and more that I could learn. And I kept asking for opportunities to potentially stretch myself. And I think ultimately that wasn't available um, at that time. So I felt, well, I need to look out and see what I can do. Um, I'm the right side of 40 currently. And I'm sort of thinking I still got lots of energy to keep going and and pushing myself. So I sort of said to my husband, whilst I've still got the energy, I'd like to push myself into a new challenge. So that's kind of how JAC sort of came about. About as a potential. And I think you've um, interviewed Adil, my boss, Adil Dirac, um, previously. But when I met him and the recruitment process with him took about seven months, so it was a long process, which I appreciated because obviously I was very committed and loyal to Paige and, and quite nervous about moving and, and, and really cautious about who I would trust my career with. So I spent a lot of time over a period of months talking to Adil about why he joined JAC, what his vision was, where Singapore and the wider region was going. And I, I just really felt passionate and inspired by that, that journey that was, that was about to take place. So um, when he told me that I was offered the position, I was absolutely elated. Um, yeah, and it's a it's a new challenge, right? It's completely different to what I was doing before. And t- and tell and talk me through what were the concerns from your end in those early stages of interviewing? Because I think a lot of people that are probably listening are at that point where they might be looking to move on. In you know, in the future, may not be something so urgently. And and even if I look back on my career, I I never had the guts to move out. So um, I stayed where I was. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really inspired to hear that, that those kind of concerns that you might have had. And what was it that, what was it about those conversations that gave you that confidence to take that leap? I mean, I think the reality is that in Page, I, I pretty much had a job for life. And that that's how I understood my career to be. You know, I was well regarded. I dedicated, I worked hard, I achieved results. Um, and so realistically, that was very secure. And as a mum of two and, and a, a key bed breadwinner for our family, 
that's hard to kind of walk away from especially I think once you've got children there's more things to consider than just yourself so I think financially I was very concerned about uh, the stability of the company and what the vision was and how long they would give in order to see results um, was it a hire and fire culture okay they had a certain strategy for growing and expanding the region but what would what was the backbone behind that what you know it's great to say oh i've got a strategy like a lot of firms right now are talking about we're going to launch contracting um, across singapore and the region but actually when you talk to people about what what does that mean what's the backbone behind it they don't actually have any strategy or any support so for me it was really important to understand what's the support what's the strategy um I, and Adil was very, very smart. He got me to speak to our global CFO, uh, Stephen. He got me to speak to one of the owners of the business, the founder, Hiromi Tazaki. So I started to build a picture from all the leadership about what does this business mean and where is it going? And I think it gave me a lot of confidence that yeah. this wasn't just a quick hire and hopefully it would work out. This is something they want to do for the mid to long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gave me the confidence to move. And and how, I mean, I'm really keen, particularly in this episode, is to get an idea of kind of what the last 30 days have looked like for you. So how did you go about preparing yourself and making that mental break from your old job and, you know, and taking charge of this one? Because, I, you know, I'm sure you probably felt like you wanted to pick up the phone and still say page personnel. You, you've been there for 16 <laughs> years, right? It's kind, of, it's kind of like an actor kind of over your lines, right? So how did you yeah. kind of, how did you get out of that, that mindset? Yeah. And thankfully, that's thankfully that's only happened once oh. in my entire ten years so far. So that's been brilliant. I was I was so concerned I was going to constantly pick up the phone and say the wrong name. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I was lucky enough to have a couple months off on gardening leave, which um, I've never experienced gardening leave. But wow, that was amazing. I got to spend all this time with my children. I got to focus on getting fit, and that was a big goal for me this year because I haven't really looked after my health. So I really focused on my health and my mental health as well. I really just try to disconnect from recruitment altogether and just have some time just to focus on me and our family. But I suppose the thing that I did do in addition to that is I did think a little bit more about, you know, what made me successful at Page? What were my key strengths? And, I, and we'll talk about strengths later, I know. But what, what was really pivotal to my success? But then what were areas that maybe I want to kind of improve upon? Maybe if I could reinvent myself or tweak my, my leadership style, I would try not to include those areas moving forward. And so I just started to think, okay, this is how I want to be with my, my new people. Um, I started to put a basic plan out for my first few months of of what I wanted to cover with the people in the business. Um, And I also sought um, an external mentor um, who has not got any experience in recruitment, but a lot of experience in in managing uh, various sales operations as a global managing director. I just wanted somebody else to kind of help me to think about what do you need to look at? Um, before you start and I was very conscious that all eyes would be on me from day one and I really wanted to be sure that I gave my best for the people that I'm managing now in the business. What what are some of the traps that you might encounter in this new role? You know have you sort of thought about those looking ahead and, and how you might sort of try and avoid those? I mean I'm a massive uh executor and wanting to drive towards results that's kind of what motivates me so if I see a solution to a problem or a a way of improving I have very little patience on that journey I want to get there pretty much immediately and I think 
Um, some of the traps could be that I sort of look too much at what my previous firm did and think, oh, this could work here. Why don't we just quickly carbon copy yeah, it and put it into the business? Mm. Um, I may not spend enough time with people to fully understand. I mean, these are the traps that I thought about before I came on board. So mm. I was trying to say to myself, look, don't run in and in the first week make loads of changes. Don't immediately just start talking about what you did at your previous firm. Yes, there's probably some good things that I did previously, but there's also things that JAC are doing now that are really excellent. But in order to appreciate those, you've got to spend time with the people and the business to understand their impact. And let's be honest, this is a business that is predominantly known for Japanese recruitment. Okay, that's not something I have experience with. I don't speak Japanese. I've been to Japan twice. I think it's a brilliant country, but that's as far as my Japanese knowledge goes. So it would be completely inappropriate of me to come in and immediately pivot us um, and, and move away from what is core to our business and what creates a huge amount of revenue, profit and success for us. Um, what I need to look at is the additional added value areas we can look at, which is why we're looking at expanding on the MNC and local client base and why in those areas we'll probably look at a slightly different strategy to market whilst I'm also helping to maybe improve the Japanese operations, but not change them. Mm. And what were your first impressions when you first came on board? Like what, what was that first week like? It was a real culture shock, if I'm honest. Um, In what way? And I, I, I've never been the managing director. I've always been somebody that's a little bit more approachable. So I think when I first came on board, you know, I'm used to people coming up to me and chatting to me and me chatting to them and, and me being a very approachable character. And obviously, initially, I'm the new MD and probably people are slightly you know, wary, a uh, little bit respectful, so not wanting to immediately come up to me and start talking. And I, I found that first week quite lonely, if I'm honest, Yeah. just because, you know, my office was kind of at the back of the office or my desk was at the back of the office and I wasn't sitting amongst the salespeople and I wanted so badly to sit with the salespeople. But um, in order to do that, I needed to build relationships and get to know them first so they felt comfortable with me coming and putting my laptop down with them and having a chat. And I think for me, that first week was quite eye-opening because I've always kind of prided myself on being able to relate to people and people opening up quite quickly. And I think in that first week, I kind of expected probably a little bit too much. Yeah. And, and how did you and go so about to... changing that then? How did you go about building those relationships so they were they they would feel comfortable that when you plonk yourself next to them and start having chats? <laughs> so uh, I think the turning point for me was on the Friday. We had our leadership meetings. So all of my managers came together and I'd kind of been second guessing everything about what I was doing that week and then I went into that leadership meeting I thought no I just need to be me so I brought some wine and some beer in it was a Friday about 4 30 um I I made things light I shared things about what I'd seen in the business that week and I'd seen some really fantastic things and I wanted mm. to share that I was excited and positive um and I, I probably changed the sort of structure of that meeting but people just sort of all of a sudden opened up and were chatty and in wanting to give a lot of input and giving a lot of feedback on how things have gone in my first week and open to me meeting with their teams and doing team meetings or one-on-ones and really started to show me that there was a really open and wide culture which was really quite exciting but I think I just needed to back myself in that moment and just be stop stop worrying about it just figure out yeah, the way to get really, the connection. That is so interesting you say that because I, I know when if, you, if we're looking at sort of how you're building trust with others right there's always that tendency to 
we sometimes put it on ourselves and think, oh, God, you know, I'm feeling like this and I'm nervous. But actually, when we start pushing it to, God, how do they feel? There's, you know, yeah. this white chick walks in the office that they, you know, is not used to before a completely different environment. And ah, it's pretty scary, right, for them as well. So it's... Um, I think it's really interesting that you changed it up and it sounded it sounded as though you were quite vulnerable in that moment as well, that, that it was a, a, a much more approachable, non-formal, you know, very informal type of, of meeting. But that enthusiasm probably showed through, right, which I think is probably what gave them that, you know, that there's a passion behind behind you and what you're and what you're trying to achieve with them. I hope so. I really hope so. I, I think I hoped to have left that meeting with them feeling like I joined for the right reasons, that it was, you know, really about moving JSC and their careers forward. And, you know, that's really what I'm trying to do to support them. Um, I didn't expect that in my second week, we'd then go into heightened alert and then oh, be at gosh, home. Oh, yeah, of course. Which was yeah, just, that wasn't the best um, timing. So how was bit, that for you? What What changed then for you in terms of you know, the, the, the relationship building, particularly, how did that, what did you need to I mean, do it, there to all, continue that building? It all went virtual, which thankfully, obviously, we've all had quite a lot of experience mm. of doing virtual meetings. So um, I booked team meetings, one-on-ones. I've done some training virtually in small groups in the last few weeks just to have the connection. Um, so I, actually, I haven't found it to be a huge barrier, although at the end of my second week, I came home and was speaking to my husband and I was like, this is the worst thing that could have happened. How, how are my business going to understand me and how am I going to show them that I'm really here and that I, I want to support if I'm on a computer screen? But actually, I think everybody's so used to it and you can have a lot of positive interactions and we're having like team-based events to create a bit of culture. So actually, I haven't really found it to be the barrier that I initially panicked and mm. thought it would be. And hopefully we're coming out of that soon so you can hopefully get back into the office. <laughs> so what, just looking at kind of the, you know, the the next kind of 90 days, well, now you're obviously entering to your 60 and, 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 and 90. But for those, for those, you know, what is your plan? What are the priorities for you? What is it that you've kind of put as your key areas that you want to grapple and, um, and focus on to, to, to develop the Singapore operations? I think um, there's sort of three areas that I'm focusing on right now. Um, there's a lot of time spent reviewing each team and the existing talent we've got in those teams and making sure that our people are in the best position for success for them, but also so we can maximize market share. So just really taking the time to understand every single person, what they do in their marketplace, mm. what challenges they're facing, what training they need. Um I am doing a fair bit of training. Um, so we've we've not had a very consistent training kind of structure for JAC. We've done some training on and off, but we've not done it consistently. And one of the things that all my people are very open about is they all want more training, um, some on business development, some on client negotiation, some on, you know, how to bring on board MNC clients, mm. job control. Whatever it may be, I'm doing mini workshops um, on areas that I think will add value quickly to them so they'll see a quick result um, and, and, and the most pivotal areas from like the last few months of results that we can see could make an impact to our, our bottom line. And then also I'm looking at hiring and I'm constantly posting on LinkedIn about hiring and what we're doing in JAC. And I'm really excited about some of the people that we've recently hired and onboarded, as well as the people that are, we're waiting to onboard. There's a fantastic talent uh, 
uh, there's a fantastic level of talent already in JAC. Um, but I also think that some of the talent we're attracting now isn't talent that historically would have wanted to consider JAC, at least from the conversations I've had. But I think a lot of people are looking at JAC now and saying, okay, well, a deal's moved over. Fahad's joined, Fahad Farouk, who's running our contracting and technology business. And then I've moved over. And I think it's creating a bit of a, a story and a picture of, right, this is a business that's that's ambitious and wants to make a change. And so with that, we're getting a lot of people who are very interested to talk about the JSC story, the vision, the 2025 goals, and people are getting quite excited about it. Um, and for me, that's great because I think the people that we're looking to onboard are really going to complement our existing staff um, and just make us stronger. Mm. So those are kind of the three areas mm. that are the most critical for me at the moment. And you mentioned before about the 2025 goals. Are you able to share what those goals are? Yeah. Um, well, overall, yeah. So I think, you know, we're looking to get to about 90 fee earners by 2025. So we're currently about 45. So our goals are quite ambitious. And is that um, over? Is that an equal split between contracting and perm or? Uh, it equals split. Mm, probably a little bit more perm than contracting, right. although the, the contracting will still make up probably about a third of our business. So right. it is a, a huge area of investment for us. Yeah. Um, but I mean, really what we're looking to do with that is create the revenue levels that are going to compete and be put us potentially number one in Singapore, not number one for Japanese recruitment, number one for recruitment in Singapore. Right. So your so, biggest shift then is 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 getting JC to be into corporates that aren't just Japanese, right? And yeah. so and so is that then to be focusing on all functional specializations? Is there anything that you guys aren't going to be looking at? The areas we're really going to invest in, the areas that we see that are the growth areas would be technology, contracting and healthcare and life sciences. Mm. Although we do have functions in corporate services, consumer goods. Um, so that would cover all like your accounting, your your uh, legal, HR, admin. We've got a banking and financial services team. But the key areas of investment right now will be contracting, tech and healthcare. Mm, mm, interesting. And what are, what, are, what are you seeing as kind of key processes that you might t might need to change? I'm sure when you first landed, first couple of weeks, you're kind of talking to everyone and looking looking at looking at what was working well, what wasn't. What was, what are some of the key things that you really that you've impacted and made those changes? Um, I think it's more operational at the moment, to be honest. So looking more about, you know, how did, how do we review our job pipeline? You know, how do we look at uh, prioritizing our jobs? So we get better conversions. I think, you know, we haven't had a very consistent look as a business about how do we forecast and then how do we control those jobs? Mm. So we spend a lot of time on that because actually we have a very good pipeline of jobs and potential to create revenue, but sometimes our control maybe could be a little bit better. Right. So that's, I mean, a lot of the things at the moment are quite operational in nature, like more training on the business development side. So how can you get more from each call or how do you strategize to build out that market? Yeah, but it still has a, a lot, lot of, of impact, right? It might seem quite operational, but that's going to have a lot of impact when that gets that gets changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, actually, the foundation of the business is really, really sound. Okay, there's no massive changes that need mm. to be made. There's good people that work here that are passionate and want to do better. They, you know, sometimes there needs to be a little bit more direction and support in certain areas, which already the existing leadership was starting to do before I joined. But obviously, because I'm quite a passionate person about training and coaching, then I think that's coming to the fore now.
What are you seeing just from a cultural perspective? Because I know I, I, I did training with them, God, it must be about a couple of years ago, for just one day training. But, you know, and, and, and I, I remember the, the, the majority of the people in the in, in the training were either Japanese or um, Singaporean, but, you know, spent time in Japan. So it was obviously very Japanese, um, which is bags of fun to do training for, for the for the for the group. But how are you facing the barrier of kind of, you know, when you bring it, not a barrier, that's the wrong, wrong word to use, when you're bringing people in and creating that diverse workforce, you know, there's, there's going to be kind of obviously all those cultural challenges. How are you going to go about trying to, um, you know, make that a positive change and that, that there is collaboration and, and it's because it is shifting, isn't it? You are looking at a complete shift in what that business is going to look like from a people perspective. Coaching provides the space for professionals to take time to hit the pause button reassess, make decisions, commit to new action and move forward with clarity. To enjoy a 10% discount on our coaching programs, reach out and quote the word talent. The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the new breed tech platform used by 15,000 recruiters worldwide. Vincere is the secret weapon for progressive recruitment firms. It provides recruiters with everything they need to scale from CRM slash ATS through to online timesheets, websites and analytics. A true all-in-one growth platform built by recruiters for recruiters. Learn more about Vinny's story on my exclusive interview with their founder on episode 43 of this podcast. If you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to accelerate growth, visit vincere.io slash talenttalkasia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. I think it's probably changed a fair bit since you did training with the right. business as well. Um, so if I look at our business, we have one one team that is solely focused on supporting Japanese clients. It. So it's a Japanese team that focuses on supporting Japanese native speakers to clients. Okay, right. That is obviously only um, supported by Japanese um, consultants because yep. that's how they're going to liaise with that candidate client base. But in all our other teams, we have a mixture of Singaporean or foreign or or, um, you know, uh, individuals that would support the Japanese clients. But we actually have Singaporeans supporting Japanese clients in those teams. So it's it's not as if there's a culture where only Japanese individuals can support Japanese clients and non-Japanese can only work on non-Japanese clients. It's a bit mixed now. Mm. Um, I think the, the the more the shift is not necessarily around cult- culture and sort of a nationality. It's more around culture of becoming more of a sales focused business and becoming more external focused so putting a bit more business development and sales into our into our business so by that I mean we actually already have a really healthy amount of pipeline and repeat business of course from our Japanese client base but equally we do actually have a good amount of revenue coming from MNC and local clients right. the issue is that we potentially need to develop those relationships further so that they become repeat business yeah whereas now they might be the one or two times a year there is more potential to engage with those clients so it's actually not about massively changing because there are consultants that can do both now it's about empowering them to do better with their business development to get more from it and how are you looking to how what is your strategy to be able to build out that mnc side and move and, and not just be so reliant on the japanese corporates Okay, so, I mean, obviously, myself, Fahad, even Adil, we all come with names in the market that have naturally created some conversations. So, of course, I'm focusing on us also going out and bringing in some of these big brands, but that's not going to be enough. We also need um, the people to go out and 
bring in these pitches. Um, actually, already, if we just focused on the clients we already had, but we made more from them, we would already sustain quite a lot of our, our vision, at least for the next couple of years. But actually, what I'm trying to do with new hires is I'm specifically looking for individuals that have got strong business development skills, that have a good track record of bringing on board new clients in Singapore. Um, and I'm really explaining, look, we've got a mixture of people that are more focused on account management, some prefer business development. But if I'm onboarding you now, I really need you to focus on that business development piece um, and then within each market we're going to put together obviously target lists of clients and have reviews every quarter about how we're attacking those clients and what the ROI is so again simple operational stuff yeah. we just need the right people yeah, and I, I think, think if we have a few more people that are focused on business development and we see those wins then you know it's going to create more of a culture to do that and yeah. I think what I'm trying to do is also at end of month like share successes about you know new clients we've onboarded and things like that those are probably things that we haven't talked about as much but they right. will become more to the fore now creating that momentum constantly celebrating the what the, the, those wins are bringing them in I love that so we had your boss on on um on Talent Talk Asia, which was episode 38, by the way, um, who runs the entire group, which is why we yes. never see him or hear him because he's just frantically busy, I'm sure. H how are you going to go about sort of negotiating success with him and managing those expectations? Because you've got a new boss now, right? You know, he's he's going to have such, ex you know, high expectations on what what he wants the Singapore office to be um, to be succeeding at. So talk, talk me through about how you're, um, how you're going about building that relationship. Well, um, it's, it's funny because you think oh, I've got a new boss, but I've kind of basically known him for the best part of almost a year now in some capacity. So it doesn't feel quite as much like a new boss as I imagine yeah. in certain circumstances it feels like. And I'm quite lucky. He is a good boss because he really is quite hands off at the moment. So he's really empowering me to look at the business and make my own decisions and choices. And um, I think because of coming from the business I've come from I naturally sometimes want to reach out and be like do you think this is a good idea I'm kind of thinking this what yeah. do you think and especially because of the cultural piece yeah. and the fact that that I'm so conscious and uh, appreciative that we have such a strong Japanese side of the business I don't want to make decisions that will impact that side but I'm also not going to be arrogant enough to think that I know what that looks like. So yeah. sometimes I'll just sense check my decisions with a deal just to be like, look, just to be sure there's no impact on that side. Yeah. I, I just want to yeah. make sure that this is my outcome. But actually what's great is he, you know, he catches up with me um, weekly, but really apart from that, it's my ship to run and, and to roll with. And, you know, I'm looking at things, not just from the sales side, I've looked at various things from the HR side, the DNI side, the marketing side. This is all that I wanted when I moved. When I was at Page, I was managing sales staff, but I had no real visibility on, you know, how we revised our terms of business or how we went through our pitch deck or what we're going to do marketing-wise yeah. and it's our strategy big, on LinkedIn. Big powerhouse already done by someone else, right? Yeah, yeah, which is great. I mean, honestly, yeah. that's fantastic. You, 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 you should be very appreciative if your business does that. Yeah, but at the same time having the ability to look at it and think about it and go, well, actually my idea is why don't we do this campaign or that campaign? Mm, it's really refreshing. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes I just feel like my mind is going a million miles an hour and I'm like, okay, Kirsty, just come back to like what is really, really important right now rather than going on all these pieces. But like it's interesting because it actually feeds in your talents. I know I uh, I forced <laughs> you to do a Clifton Strengths talent assessment because you know I love them. And your yes. number six talent is a ranger, which, uh, which is all about juggling a thousand things 
but making it productive. And so you're in the perfect place right now to be, you know, and in a new role because you you find that easy to be able to just kind of do, you know, do multiple things and you get energy from that. So actually how wonderful yeah. that you can actually feed those talents. I was really interested in when you said about the um, all the things you're looking at and one of them was diversity inclusion. And I know that's how we, we've bonded over that topic. Um, JAC have signed up as a company member for Women in Recruitment Asia. Thank you very much. And you're both yeah. mentors. Tell me more about the, the tell me a little bit more about your about the the founder of JAC. Um, um, because I know you mentioned at the beginning her name and um, you know, how important is diversity and inclusion to you as a leader and, and how do you think having the founder as a as a female Japanese, how will that sort of impact JAC? I think it's massive. I think, and it's one of the reasons why I decided to join JAC. Um, so our company uh, co-founders, they're a husband and wife team, Hiromi Tazaki and Tedoshi Tazaki. Um, so Hiromi is the lady. She's been in the industry for over 40 years. So she and her husband launched the business in the UK in the 80s with right. no recruitment experience yeah mm. um and uh, yeah so massively passionate about the uk speak with kind of british accents it's really <laughs> quite sweet it's quite it makes you feel like you're at home but she's been in the industry for 40 years and she has such passion for the industry and what we're doing and 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 she's got such awareness about how the industry is changing but she's also very focused on empowering women to reach their potential and i think it's truly inspiring so in one of my stages of the process i I had to interview with her and she was really quite excited about the fact that potentially I could be the MD for Singapore as a woman, as a foreigner. Um, and she was really excited about what this would say about what JAC really supports and that it's not, you know, just saying we support diversity and female leadership, that we're actually doing it and making some big changes. So um, she's somebody that very much focuses on engaging and helping uh, individuals across the business, both in Japan and the other 11 countries globally to progress to the highest level for them um, as women. But I mean, also, you know, it's not just about women versus men. It, it is about creating a very equal and diverse uh, workforce that's supportive. And one of the things that the business is very focused on is fairness and equality. It's in all of our sort of policies and, and our vision and our mission. Everything has to be fair and equal and, and balanced and open. And um, I think sometimes, uh, you know, before I joined JAC, a lot of people said, oh, Japanese company, you know, that's going to be quite traditional. It'd be yeah. interesting to yeah. be a woman working there. Yeah. I haven't found any of that to be the case. It's open. I've been um, in my second week, I was part of our global leadership conference where I got to meet other managing directors from the globe. There was a large proportion who were female, which was really exciting to see. So for me, this was more about um, a company that actually is advocating that they are um, promoting diversity inclusion, but actually living it and, and seeing right. it happen. It's not just a marketing campaign, one page in your annual report. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think there's a lot of firms out there that say, yep, we want to promote female leadership. We're going to coach women, but then let's look at the top. 
how many people are there at the top? There aren't. Yeah. And that's where, where things yeah. speak to the market. And it's not about everybody becoming a managing director. No, I'm acutely I, aware yeah. they're not all women want to I, be. That's and not necessarily that's, success. That's, no. It, that that yeah. isn't. And and for me, the why we joined Wira, and I was super passionate about um, becoming a mentor, but equally us becoming company members is because I want to support women and men at all levels to achieve what they want to achieve. But my level of success and what I think is success doesn't need to be their success. It's just whatever they want to go through in life and achieve. So for me, this this is an exciting journey, um, but I feel like I've joined a business that is has this at the forefront of what they're looking at. And I think I think it really shook up the market when you did move. I think you know having you on the show and you got lots of listeners on your um, on the podcast that you're on. I think to see you go from a big house like Page Personnel to JC, it did got it did get everyone questioning. You know, I had lots of people messaging me on, you know, have you heard? You know, talk me through, you know, do you know her? And, you know, all these kind of discussions because people were um kind of shocked by it. But now when people are, you know, have more of an understanding on kind of what you're doing, where you're going, I think it is an op I think it gives people some bravery. It gives people a bit of courage to step outside of their comfort zone. Um, and not always think that you should be just working at a, you know, necessarily always a big, a, a big house. And I think you're stretching yourself and, and, and I think it will inspire others. So well yeah, done, I mean, Mrs. Um, well done. Thank you. That's very kind to say. No, I, I've actually had quite a few people post joining and um, obviously quite a, people, a few people had reached out after I did the podcast and give them some good feedback. But a lot of people reached out, people that I would never think would reach out to me and say, look, you've kind of inspired me to think about my career choices and what should be next for me and that I don't yeah. need to stay in my safe comfort zone. And I was like, that's great. It doesn't mean you need to move, but just assess, just just see yeah. what works for you. Um, it took me a long time to make that decision. I, I probably felt like that for two or three years before I was brave enough to actually go. And I still, you know, bawled my eyes out when I resigned um, because, you know, I'm emotional and I care about people and I, you know, was scared. No, but and I think, you know, I, I think that's a really good thing to say that, that, that there are a lot of emotions around that. And again, it's about that whole female leadership thing of, you know, um, is there a, is there a way that you should be acting when I when I resigned which I resigned to go to Germany you know it wasn't any it wasn't even going anywhere else and I cried my eyes out in the boardroom I had to lock both doors so Mark Elwood is in there thinking what the hell why is she crying what have I done um, and I just it was just an emotional flooding it was ridiculous I mean but again I think it's about saying well you know we are different from men, you know, it's okay. We can cry. It just shows we're passionate. I'm, you know, I'm not going to change that. I love a good ball. Right. I want to talk about building a team and culture. So you've inherited yeah. a team. You need to evaluate a line mobility, you know, and, and look at all its men members. Talk me through, I mean, you've actually kind of already talked, taught me through the talent management strategy, to be honest, but, um, no, let me just go, let me go back a bit on that talent management. Okay. Are you sort of specifically looking at recruiters? Because there's a real mix of opinion on this right now, on hiring grads coming through, hiring non-recruiters, because it tends to be a bloody nightmare in Singapore to be finding recruiters that one want to move to the type of talent that people are looking for right now. So um, talk me through that strategy for talent management. So, I mean, I think with what we need to do in the market in terms of our focus of um, driving more MNC and local business at the moment, I'm not saying that I would never hire a complete junior and associate consultant, but if I'm hiring somebody with non-recruitment experience, I'm really looking for somebody that's got industry experience that's relatable to the field we put them into. So 
and ideally has some business development skills. So I'm not looking for a fresh grad that's just about to, uh, you know, attack the market. And the reason for that is I think it's a challenging market to enter right now as yeah. a fresh grad, to be honest with you. And I think you need a lot of input and training and coaching from your your team. And I'm happy to do that at some point, but we're not in a position right. as a business right it now. It is where a good I'm strategy, but not that. yet. Yeah, but not. Yeah, but I think they can't house them yet. You wouldn't make them yeah, successful. Probably yet. early next year, or yeah. maybe even later this year, we can look at that. Yeah. So I'm not saying if you're a fresh grad and you want to consider JSC, you can't consider us. I'm just maybe saying I want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. intern. Um, I'm saying uh, when you join, I want to look after you, and that means that I will only hire you at the right time where we can support you because it's not a a quick turnaround, and and we need to put that time. Right. In. So, so you are looking at people with recruitment experience, and obviously probably locally right yeah. now in terms of people being able to get in. But yeah, there's there's loads of people out there looking. Loads of people. <laughs> loads of people having chats. Oh, brilliant. Oh, <laughs> cat amongst the pigeons. I love it. Um, so let me talk about the client portfolio side. Um, so how are you, how are you sort of, how are customers, how have you seen that customers perceive JAC? Have you sort of faced that, you know, you know, have you gone out to see clients yet or is it still early days? Well, I've already brought on board eight new clients since I came aboard, which are from the like MNC or local side. And we've started to make a few placements with them. And so you actually, haven't seen challenges of that then? They haven't gone, oh, no, we'd rather deal with Paige. So I was really lucky, like some of my connections just referred me to new connections and they they'd never worked with me at Paige. And then like, so... No, I'm actually serious. I'm actually serious. Oh, you are actually got, serious. I, I was, I'm not out, though, I was winking at, I was winking at Kirsty then. Yeah, yeah, right. But actually, you no. were telling the truth. Okay, no, then. I'm actually telling you the truth. Um, I know my covenants. No, like, I mean, I've, I've been really lucky. Like, some of my old clients are like, oh, I'd like to connect you with this client. And it's been great because these these businesses haven't, you know, worked with me before, but they've been very open to just understanding what JSC is. And it's, it's about not explaining that we are known as being a Japanese recruitment firm yeah. with those clients. It's about just talking about the service and the expertise of the the clients, the consultants in that area. And what I found so far is the clients I'm onboarding were able to service really well and we're getting some good feedback from those clients. So I'm not seeing anything too dramatic, to be honest. And there's some big clients that are wanting to work with us. I think it's just about putting ourselves out there. Yeah, no, that's um, really exciting. That is really exciting. I want to move on to the last part of the round, which is on the uh, your strengths, um, because we did the okay. Clifton strengths, okay. which um, for those that follow Talent Talk Asia, you'll know that I'm a certified um Clifton Strengths Coach, and I love it. It's just an awesome way of finding out what your talents are, and um, and when you know your talents, working in those talent zones, it, you're going to more likely um, achieve high performance. So, uh, talk me through your. No, what was my question? Um, your weaknesses can sometimes make you vulnerable. But so can your strengths. You kindly took the Clifton Strengths Talent Assessment. If everyone remembers, I did it for Paul Endicott on a show a while ago. Share with me what your top five talents are and which talents you'll be investing in a bit more to make your role successful. Okay. So my top five, you'll be able to explain these yeah, better well, than I am, yeah. but, but my top five are Achieve or Achiever, Achiever yeah. Responsibility, Relator, communicator and focus yeah so those are my strengths so they're they're pretty much all focusing on execution 
execution and influencing. Like I'm stuff an executor done, yeah. and which yeah. you know totally plays to me. I'm always somebody who wants to get stuff done. And as you talked about earlier with the arranger, that's my sixth one. Yeah, I like to be busy. So the areas that I'm currently going to focus more on are the relator, the communicator, and the focus. Mm. Because the relator and communicator for me are the areas that I think I can build the most connection with my people and make sure that we as a business are coming together with the right vision and strategy, that the training and the onboarding of new people, that it's all, you know, coming together in that belief that we're creating something for JSE, but also for the individuals. And so I think those are the ones that will naturally get people to relate. And then focus, I would say, is just because I, I get very focused on where we need to go in terms of getting to the right outcome, which will mean that I'll be reviewing the strategy and making sure we're taking the right actions at the right moments to stay on track for that. So I like put little milestones in place. Absolutely perfect. And I think your achiever one, I think, I know you didn't put it as a, as a big focus, but the achiever talents are really exciting when I call it the racehorse. And I see this talent in a lot of people within the recruitment sector because it's people that have the achiever talent, that racehorse, it's just that that stamina, always keeping going, just, you know, always got a lot of energy, you know, always busy, always productive. And so when you put that with all your other talents in terms of staying on track, prioritising, you know, having key milestones to achieve that, but also the fact you've got communication and related, particularly related, you're building the relationships with people within your team to get you there. It's not, you haven't got individual talents to the fact that it's just, it's, it's me, me, me. It's kind of, look, hey, you know, here, here we are, this is where we're going. Um, yeah. you're on the bus let's let's um let's let's get to the destination so I think that's really quite exciting which of those top five talents so achiever responsibility relator communication focus which one do you think if you don't manage it in terms of you know sometimes managing that for might be just dialing it down or you know you're tired or you're overusing that talent when could it hinder your success so I thought about this one. I actually think it might be the achiever, right. uh, which it might be different to what you may think. But okay. I think the achiever, just having the stamina and always wanting to deliver and keep on the goal sometimes means that I feel like I don't always delegate enough and I'll, you know, almost take it on myself. If I if we're going and maybe it's a bit slower than I think it should be, sometimes rather than delegate, I'll just take it on so we keep on track. That's but actually to be a better leader and to, to coach my people, I need to empower them and delegate to them. So that's probably one I want to watch because I know mm. myself, like I am very goal and task focused. And so I know that naturally I have a tendency to want to take stuff on myself just to keep us on the right train track rather than sometimes spending a bit more time with somebody and coaching them through. That's interesting. You know, it's actually your achiever responsibilities working there. Your responsibility is you will take that psychological ownership and put it on your shoulders. And yeah. so your and achiever and your responsibility are both there, right? So I think, yeah, I think it is something for you to I think they're great. They're absolutely fantastic talents that will make you successful. But also if you don't, if like you're saying, if you're not delegating or you are putting your hand up to take too much on, you're not going to empower people within your business as well. So it's that's why I love it because it can kind of keep you on track. It, yeah. it, it makes us better people. Um, right, yeah. last fire round. What was the last podcast or book that you listened to or read that you'd recommend to listeners? 
Okay, so I recently read this book called Radical Candor. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. How to Be a Kick-Ass Boss Without Losing Your Humanity. It's by Kim Scott. Yes. Um, And I think the two things that I took away from that is it's all about how do you manage your people and your business um, so that you can move the business forward, but you can still have caring and constructive conversations with people. But I think sometimes in the past, what I've found is sometimes I, I, either go too soft and I don't really get my direct message over or I'm too direct and it's almost a bit like oh okay what's going on so um, this book was all about the key focus was care personally but challenge directly so don't be frightened to have the tough conversation with somebody as long as you care about that person and you're doing it in the right way you can challenge somebody and they're going to receive that challenge or feedback in a positive mindset rather than you worrying about walking on eggshells to say you know you know take five sentences what which should take one yeah I love that I'll put that on the show notes because I think everyone should read that it is a really popular popular business book isn't it it's um sort of leadership book is a popular one i want to thank you so much for your time today it was awesome loved hearing about what you what you've been doing in the last month we will record another one in a month's time obviously and we'll be looking at what those um 30 to 60 days look like for you and then we'll finish off with a with the last one and see how you're surviving hopefully still smiling um but thank you so much for your time today really appreciate it Thanks so much, Andrea. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. You have been listening to Talent Talk Asia podcast by The Career Establishment. To learn more about The Career Establishment, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at www.thecareerestablishment.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.